The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick going for another episode of That One Play today. We've got a good one here. Uh, and, uh, you know, not all fond memories of this game, but there's an interesting play involved from the 2008 AFC Championship game. And it's the pass to Marcus, Marcus Smith that went for pass interference to set up the touchdown that brought the Ravens within two and made it a ball game. Here to talk to me about it, with me about it, this is Slava Cooperstein. Slava, how are you doing? Hey, Ken, I'm doing well. How are you? Life is good. Uh, I can't complain at all. Orioles going well right now as we record this on 517. It'll be a while before you hear this. hope the Orioles are still playing well. hope they're still a contender at that point. Uh, but Slava, we've got uh, it's 2008 AFC Championship game. An interesting one. Uh, obviously, the Ravens kind of thought to be overproducing uh, overachieving in their first year of the Flacco Rice era, and uh, I got made it all the way to the AFC Championship game. And reminds me of the old adage: you don't take your opportunities for granted. This was a big one. They were close. This is a lot like it in 2014. Again, the team was not really expected to get as far, but they were close, and they had a chance uh, in each of those seasons. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think I think overperforming or or exceeding expectations is really pretty accurate um, um, to, to describe that team. I mean, of course, you knew the defense was going to be good. And you, you and I have talked about this before. That 2008 defense is among the best um, in Ravens history. Um, but, you know, you didn't know what you were going to get um, from Flacco being a rookie. Uh, Ray Rice didn't become the Ray Rice that we, you know, grew, grew to know and love. Um, in later years, um, in that season in particular, um, but but they you know they proved themselves quite quite well uh, in in beating the Titans the week before, uh, which was I I think a pretty tremendous upset, and so really made you feel like anything could happen at that point. Yeah, they'd gone into Miami, uh, really thrashed Miami in a very impressive playoff win. 
not too dissimilar from that 2001 win either, but they, but they thrashed them again and, and Flacco didn't have to throw the ball very much at all in that game. And then of course they, they went to Tennessee Flacco made one big completion after the, you know, the jump up and down uh, uh, delay of game penalty that wasn't called to, to heap on the final drive. They had three turnovers in that game, including a huge one by LG Krempler at the one yard line. So they go to Pittsburgh and we're in Pittsburgh for the game. We go to the, the, the playoff games uniformly, but we, but when we got to the stadium, we didn't even know that Arizona had already lost. So basically the last two football games of the year were there to be played. The Ravens needed to win them both to win the championship. And they had already found out that the playoff opponent or the Super Bowl opponent they would have gotten would have been the Arizona Cardinals. And uh, obviously a lot of people looked on the Cardinals that year with some disdain. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it, it certainly seemed like a, um, certainly seemed like a, a, a winnable game uh, from the Ravens. Although, you know, it certainly would have been interesting to see how they would have handled Larry Fitzgerald and Anquan Bolden and, uh, and, and Kurt Warner playing quite well. Um, um, and, you know, but it would have been nice to have that opportunity, but you know, the Steelers and the, and the uh, Cardinals did give us a classic. They, they did. And the Steelers honestly uh, won on one of the luckiest plays in Super Bowl history with the, the fumble recovery on the last play of the first half, barely getting into the end zone, I believe on review on Harrison uh, returning that ball. So uh, very uh, weird, fluky play uh, that won them that game. And they actually came back to win it on a Santonio Holmes toe tip as well. It was also reviewed. So, uh, you know, lots of uh, lots of close calls there and definitely, you know, not the blow away Super Bowl I would have probably expected out of this. But let's get back to the AFC Championship game because um, the Ravens and, uh, and the Steelers were sitting down for the third time that year. They lost the first two meetings with the Steelers in 2008. Yeah, and 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 this was sort of the, um, I think the you know there there was obviously their division rivals, but this was where this was the season where the rivalry really really heated up, and I think the entire NFL took notice, um, and uh, you know started making a lot of lists of top division rivals. But um, you know to to sort of set set this play up, um, the pass interference to Marcus Smith, it's. You know, 12.50 left in the in the fourth quarter, and the Steelers were up 16-7. to seven. Really wasn't a whole lot of uh, offense, um, uh, courtesy of the Ravens at that point, um, but still felt like it was uh, a fairly fairly close game. The teams were pretty evenly matched. Uh, really classic um, Ravens-Steelers game. And so, you know, at, at that moment, third and one, Steelers are on their 37-yard line. There's an empty set, short pass, low to the ground. Ray Lewis nearly intercepts it. Um, this is a great season from Ray Lewis. Um, mm-hmm. You know, him and him and Ed Reed at the peak of their powers. Um, and then, Ed Reed's uh, greatest season for my money. 2004 was, was also terrific. 2008, he had five two-interception games, including in the playoffs against Miami. So fantastic year from Reed. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would have loved to see him win, uh, you know, defensive player of the year at both safety positions. That would have been just a nice, mm-hmm. you know, feather in his cap. Um, but, you know, sometimes they just want to give it to a different guy or something, you know, or, or, or the Steelers were the favorite team that year. Whatever it was, I, you know, I agree with you that uh, Ed, Ed should have come home with the, with the hardware that year. Um, but, but right after that, um, uh, the, Steelers punter Mitch Berger shanked his punt so bad. I mean, the 
I, I, I had forgotten about this, but the uh, upon rewatch, the announcers were saying he he kicked it so badly that he almost missed the ball uh, mm-hmm. with his foot, and you know set the Ravens up with pretty favorable field position on their forty-two yard line or so. A um, couple plays, uh, you know, there's a nifty double reverse with Mark Clayton picking up uh, sixteen yards, and then a holding pushed us back, and a few. Few plays later, um, it, you know, uh, it's second and seven. Uh, Ravens are on the uh, Steelers' twenty-one yard line with nine thirty-nine left in the game, and so a couple of the, I think, the key. I, I just point out that, that you know they, they got the first and twenty after a holding call by Gaither, and Gaither had a great year, by the way, in two thousand eight. But the one bugaboo about Gaither in his two years and as a regular for the for the Ravens was he had a lot of penalties. And he really needed to cut down this. But great blocker on offense, great blocker. I sorry on against pass blocker and run blocker. Um, but they, they got in a first and twenty hole, and a lot of times that's going to be the end of a drive against the two thousand eight Steelers, and, and particularly for the two thousand eight Ravens offense. But they they had a fourteen yard completion and an eleven yard completion to Derek Mason, who was really Flacco's go to receiver that year. Lots of hitch routes. Uh, lots of lots of uh, short stuff. Mason could still sell a vertical route at that point in his career, and he had one the previous year for a, for the previous game for a touchdown against Tennessee. But coming back from that that first and twenty situation was a big deal, and that uh, that got the ball all the way down to the what the thirty five yard line at that point. Um, no, the twenty four yard line at that point. Yeah. So. Um... And, you know, Derek Mason, one of my all-time favorites, um, really, um, you know, I, when, when, I, when I thought about this play, I thought about, you know, Flacco's most productive plays throughout his career, you know, like the, the, the category of plays. One of them was the, you know, comeback uh, or hitch route to, to Mason. Uh, another one was the check down to uh, Ray Rice. And the, and the other one, uh, a little bit later in his career, was the um, – you know, uh, drawing pass interference uh, to Tory Smith, and this Oops, is sort right, of the, yep. <laughs> yeah, th- th- this was sort of the uh, prototype. Um, uh, th- this play for that, um, and it, and it was really nice to see Flacco. Like, no matter what was going to happen in this game, I was really happy with the fact that um, even though Flacco hadn't had a great game, he, this was really important in his development. Um, so if he was going to fail, he was going to fail forward, um, and I think that proved to be true throughout the trajectory of his career. Um, so yeah, they they uh, got out of the first and twenty hole, um, and so they're on the twenty-one yard line, and um, second and seven. Know, yeah, second and seven. You know, Flacco again hadn't had a great game, but the moment didn't seem too big for him. Um, Marcus Smith, um, who was the intended receiver on the play, he was a uh, rookie wide receiver, fourth round pick. hadn't had I, I don't think he ever had a single reception for the Ravens in his entire career. So this this is a great story, and I wrote an article a few years ago about the the other guys, the guys who'd had like one or two, but it had to be less than thirty receptions in their career, but they had one or two big catches. And it's like Billy Davis had two catches on the touchdown drive against Jacksonville for the first win against them that culminated in the Shannon Sharp touchdown at home. Or another one was Ernest Hunter, who's an unknown, had his one catch on the game winning drive in the Ravens' first game in Baltimore. He was actually number one on the list. Marcus Smith never had a catch for the Ravens, but he had this play. You'll talk about it in a minute. I just want to say coming into this play or all time, um, Marcus Smith had been targeted either three or four times, depending on who you look at in his career, all in 2008. Okay. And 
none complete, one intercepted, passer rating throwing to him career, 0.0. Okay? So if we've talked about Lee Evans before, and they had something like a four uh, passer rating throwing to him in the 2000 and what was it, 10 season? No, it was 2011. 11, 11 when he was with Baltimore. And uh, and uh, then they had a few completions in the playoffs to him. Marcus Smith, never, never a little bit of success. Stayed on the team for a few years as a gunner because he's pretty good at that. But this was his shining moment in in his Ravens career. Yeah, a- a- absolutely. I mean, it's just it, and and it just goes to show you what you know what the Ravens' depth on receiver was down to at that point. I mean, uh, you know, uh, Clayton and um, and Mason were around, but um, you know, for Marcus Smith to be the target on that play. Um, you had to, you know, you scraping the bottom of the barrel. Um, yeah, they they started two wide receivers in that game just to just to go through this. They started two wide receivers. They had Yaman Figures, who was a kickoff returner. They didn't really trust with the football at all. They threw the ball to him one time that. Year. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs, so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. 
Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Here, I believe. And Marcus Smith was their fourth receiver in the game. So they were doing it with, with tight ends. Uh, sorry, Marcus Smith was really their third receiver in the game. So they didn't, uh, uh, they didn't really trust anybody else. I'm just going to try to see if they – now that – they never put the snaps out for this game on offense, and I didn't have it. I have it for defense, but I don't have it for offense from, from this era. So it's just it, it, interesting to see. But Marcus Smith was on the field a fair amount in 11 personnel for the Ravens this day. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, some of the other players who were uh, – uh, well, the other important player for the Ravens who was involved was Wills McGahee, who was uh, back to block, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, I have really fond memories of Willis. Um, he was a free agent pickup in 2007. He led a pretty seamless transition for Jamal Lewis. Had some really excellent, memorable players plays in his years through um, uh, with the Ravens, um, and had a, had an incredible nose for the end zone. Even when we, you know, 2008 was the year of the three-headed monster with him, Ray Rice, and uh, Laron McLean. Uh, but even as they transitioned out of that, when Ray Rice became more of the focal point, I mean, I, I don't remember if it was 09 or 2010 when Willis McGee had just an absurd number of touchdowns on like a very limited snap mm-hmm. count. Um, but, but, you know, he, he was very consequential in this play. He, um, uh, he had an incredible block, uh, really excellent block. And I think he was an excellent pass blocker, generally speaking um, on Ryan Clark, who was uh, the Steelers' uh, uh, pretty pretty good strong safety, laid some brutal hits in this game in particular, including one on Willis McGahey, somewhat infamous. Um, so he uh, Willis was back to block. Uh, Ryan Clark blitzed. Uh, Willis basically, you know, upended him completely, um, giving uh, Flacco the crucial time he needed. Um, I, I, I believe it was four uh, Ravens sent four wide. And uh, Marcus Smith was streaking down the left sideline, um, and uh, he's being covered by Ike Taylor, who mm-hmm. I think uh, you know. I, I always got the sense that Ike Taylor—he had a 12-year career um, at, at cornerback for the uh, for the Steelers—and I think he was perhaps unfairly maligned by the fan base. It, they just n- never had elite corners, just like we never had elite receivers. I mean, I think that's a fair statement. Ike Taylor, a uh, pretty damn big physical corner. He's definitely a press guy. And one of the things that Ike Taylor did legendarily well is play the boundary. And I always use him as an example when I'm talking about great boundary corners like Jimmy Smith and and he are, the, are really the two. Uh, but Taylor, a little bit short in the speed department uh, relative to some other cornerbacks in the league. 
and probably a little bit short in the ball skills department too. He's, he was a mostly a physical guy, try to bump you to the sideline, try to dislodge the football after it had arrived, but had a little bit of a, a hard time finding it in the air. Yeah, I, I think I think you would have loved to have Ike Taylor as your number two corner, sure. um, uh, but he was the number one corner in in Pittsburgh for a long time, um, and I think you know he he got some of their ire from that. Um, and this was one of those plays where uh, where he he was definitely criticized. So Marcus Smith again streaking down the left sideline, and uh, in the end zone, of uh, you know Flacco delivers the uh, ball to the end zone and. and and Ike Taylor just commits the you know cardinal mistake of that time, which was to not turn your head around uh, in coverage, and just you know stuck his hands in the air and in, in, in the sight line of, uh, of of Marcus Smith, and that was something that you know back then was going to get called all the time. Um, I was actually going to ask you, Ken. You know, it, I, I seem anecdotally to notice that these days that doesn't get called. I, I don't recall that ever being officially changed in the rules, but it doesn't seem like they're calling that these days. Yeah, it used to be you could get a face guarding flag and it didn't matter even if you if you got a little piece of the ball on a PD somehow. Now I think that it's gone away in the sense that if if you get any piece of the ball as you go up to face guard, then you 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 usually are not flagged for that. And it uh, seems like to the point that that corners are being coached to react to the receiver a little bit. Yeah. I agree. Um so but but you know, back then you couldn't do that. They'll flag it every time. Um, it didn't seem like, honestly, the most catchable ball in the world, but uh, but he did. Uh, Ike Taylor did completely shield uh, Marcus Smith's line of sight, so it seemed like that was enough for them to uh, to want to to want to throw the flag, uh, which set up uh, set the Ravens up at the one yard line, uh, which ended the drive with a uh, one yard touchdown run by Willis McGahee. Uh, making it a 16-14 game. Uh, uh, let's take a second on that one for because because I've actually forgotten whether they used their prototypical stretch right with McGahey to try and get Nada on the field and and put in seven offensive linemen to to, to bully the Steelers on that play. Yeah, I uh, I don't recall. I'd have to I'd, I'd have to take a look back. Um, okay, that's right. Um, it's it's the, you, you you mentioned Willis's nose for the goal line was tremendous in that era and and uh, it was a lot of this was Haloti Nada being in the game the Ravens going to super jumbo formations anytime they got to the one yard line Willis had really good vision as one of the things he had was he could run along the line of scrimmage and pick a hole very effectively and uh, Nada was just an unbelievable force on the edge of the offensive line so they had a sixth offensive lineman they put in and then they had Nada as a seven. Uh, not a ran some patterns out of that thing. They do, did try and throw the ball, and eventually they they uh, they stopped the pra- a practice on 10-10-10, October 10th, 2010, because Haloti Nada actually got injured on the first drive of the game and had to miss his start. He still played in the game later, but he didn't start the game because he was injured from running a pattern on offense. Yeah, they f- they figured that they could uh, they could use Nada a little bit more on defense than they could on offense. Yes. Yeah. Um. Uh, but no, I mean, it, you know, it, this was this was definitely a, a typical McGahee, you know, like you said, strafing the sideline or strafing the goal line and and sort of uh, you know turning upwards. And he he was not an easy guy to bring down uh, mm-hmm. by any stretch. So um, you know that made it a 16-14 game. Uh, but unfortunately, those were the uh, I believe the last points that the uh, Ravens scored that day. 
Yeah, they they were. I mean, they got real close because on the next drive, they had one of their really great stops, including a, a, a sack by Suggs on third down. Suggs was playing pretty much with one arm at that point. Um, but Suggs got a, got a sack on third down. They punted the ball to back to the Ravens. About six minutes to go at that point, if I recall correctly. Would have been a long drive for a field goal. And literally the Steelers fans in the section petrified with this possibility. And they're, they're saying, you know, Flacco's just going to pick us apart five yards at a time. And he's going to go down there, kick a field goal. We're not going to have even a chance to recover. And, you know, they're already pre-whining, you know, for, for this. And uh, uh, then, of course, uh, Darren Stone had a penalty on the punt, which set the Ravens far back to, uh, you know, maybe back to about the inside the 10, I want to say, but it might've been inside the 20. But anyway, the Ravens did get one first down, then, uh, uh, Flacco through the interception to Palomalo that went for a six and the lights went out. Yep. I mean, it was, a uh, you know, for us, an infamous play for one of, for them, one of their, you know, greatest shining moments. I mean, you could, you could say that that was the, you know, play that, you know, very clearly catapulted them into the Super Bowl and, and the rest was history. Yeah. I think they, I think that is probably how they look at it. And in fact, I think if you look at Troy Palomalo's career, there may have been more athletic plays that he made. I'm sure there were, but that play certainly was probably the most important of his career in terms of, uh, of what he did there uh, with the, with the Ravens. still a, a, you know, a threat to move down the field goal and, and move down the field to kick a field goal at that point. But an unbelievable moment for Marcus Smith in this game, just the, the kind of thing that is, is so, utterly weird in terms of its timing that it that it comes up and just slaps you in the face yeah no it's i mean and like you said they're they're just you know uh trivia uh, uh, trivia question answer receivers and players littered throughout the uh um riddled through uh raven's history and you know, it's it's nice to remember. Uh, you know, these guys for their uh, contribution contributions, limited though they may have been, um, time and again. All right, Slava, just great to to go through the memories of this game, and, and it's it's amazing going through this now. I actually have some nice positive memories of that game. At the time, it just seemed awful. It seemed like an overwhelming weight to try and get past the Steelers in their ballpark, uh, and uh, be able to. Uh, you know, they, they the way I remember the game is that they dominated the game offensively. They, they were very efficient converting third down and staying on the field, but they only out first down the Ravens 12 to 11, which shocks me now looking at it. Just shocks yeah, me. I, I completely agree. I, you know, it, it definitely felt at the time that, you know, we were never going to, you know, uh, you know, exceed the Steelers or, you know, get that monkey off our backs. But, you know, uh, in those first five years, we exercised a lot of demons and it took some time, but we got it done. All right. Well, life's good. Slava, thanks so much for, for joining me for this. Where can folks talk football with you online? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at Slava Cooperstein. That's S-L-A-V-A-K-U-P-E-R-S-T-E-I-N. All right. Outstanding. Other folks out there, if you'd like to do a That One Play episode or any other off-season episode that, that, that uh, you know, looks at specific uh, general manager questions maybe that come up, Things about scheme, if you'd like to talk about that, or if you have a new statistic. We have somebody with a great draft statistic who's going to be joining us in the next few days. And it's it's the history of draft performance relative to expectation. We did it last year. It's actually a living thing. So it changes year by year. If you've got anything like that, love to see it. 
and uh, always looking to vet new methodology if, if you have some way of grading or scoring something. So uh, please don't be shy about it. Just hit me up with a DM on Twitter. They're always open. Love to talk to you. I'll get back to you real soon. Slava, thanks again for coming on. Thanks for having me, Ken. And we'll talk to you next time on Film Study. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.